Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Cordy Writing Life. As you guys may have noticed, it is just me this week, so I hope you don't turn off the recording <laughs> right away. We all miss May, and she will be back with us in a few weeks, uh, but for right now, you guys just have me, so I hope that's okay. So this week, what I thought we would talk about is poetry's creative effects. And the reason for this topic is it is still National Poetry Month, which you guys know is a huge thing for us. Every April, we we typically have several of our episodes during that month surrounding poetry of some type, um, whether it's interviews with poets, which we've had several of those, or just talking about poetry in general. Um, we just love poetry. And so I'm going to talk a little bit today about why poetry has been such a huge thing in my own life, even though I'm not actually a poet. Uh, so that's the topic. But before we get into that, I'm going to share with you guys a little bit about my creative week. So first of all, I finally completed my plan for finishing the first draft draft of Every Good Thing. Um, and I'm writing again. I'm kind of going back through. This is the short story collection um, for those of you guys who have kind of followed along on my journey. And this, I've already gotten several of the short stories written. Um, so I've been going back through the ones that were already written. I'm figuring out if I need to expand them in any way. Um, and just, you know, doing things like that. But I'm also beginning to write the ones that hadn't been either finished or even started. So that was a big thing for this week was just to kind of get that plan in place and figure out exactly what order I'm doing these things in and all of that. So there was that. And I also got to prep for a sample edit that I'll be doing next week for a potential client, which is always a lot of fun for me. Um, I love reading other people's works and uh, getting to know their writing styles and, of course, working with authors as their editor. Um, that's just a lot of fun for me. So, and then the other thing was just kind of doing a little bit of a creative reworking for the podcast. As you guys might remember from last week, if you listened, if you didn't, please be sure to head back to last week's episode where I, it was, I guess, a little bit of an interview with May, um, but she talked to us a lot about her poetry book that she is working on and it will be out very soon. I cannot wait for you guys to see this thing. It is gorgeous um, on so many levels. <clears throat> and go back to last week's episode. You'll hear all about that. Um, but as you guys know, she has had some, some tragedies in her family. And so she's just taking some time <clears throat> to be with her family right now. 
which is so important. Um, something that we always encourage our friends to do. Um, you know, if that's you, if, if you're going through a difficult time, you know, sometimes you have to put certain things on the back burner for a little while when other things become much more important. Um, so there's that. So the creative reworking was, um, I just kind of came up with a few episodes that I could do fairly easily over the next few weeks without her having to worry about it. Next week, you guys have a treat in store because we have not one, not two, but three very special guests. And I'm not going to say any more, but there will be a little bit of a an ode to Mother's Day, which will be coming up soon. <clears throat> and you guys are going to get to meet three of my very dearest author friends, and I'm pretty excited about it. So there's the tease for next week. And then after that, the following week, I'll be back with another thing that's just kind of been on my mind a lot over the past few years, and that's creative legacies. So I'll leave you with that little teaser for that. And then a few weeks from now, my husband, Tony, is going to join me, and we are going to talk about a different type of creativity than we've covered very much in the past, and that is culinary creativity. So hope you guys will join us for that. So for tonight's topic, poetry's effects on my creative life. And this is the thing, poetry has always been a huge part of my life. Um, my mom read poetry to me from a very young age. She wrote it, uh, she encouraged me to write it. Um, many of you might know that I homeschool my kids. Well, I was also homeschooled. I was homeschooled all through elementary. Um, and then I chose to homeschool my senior year. And during those years of homeschool, it was just a perfect opportunity for my mom to encourage me in all different types of writing. Poetry was always a huge part of that. So I've been completely surrounded by it my entire life. Um, many of my other family members, I mean, grandparents, aunts, uncles, um, brothers, sister, friends. I mean, so, so many people around me have just been part of that influence of poetry in my life. So poetry, I really think as I was, as I was kind of looking back and just thinking, well, what, what has poetry done for me? Um, poetry really made me fall in love with the cadence of words. And probably my earliest memory of poetry in this way, in such a, oh, how can I say it? In such a, just a way that really stood out about the cadence and the way that the words just, it's, it's, it's like a song, it really is, um, was watching Anne Green Gables. <laughs> Anne, with an E, Shirley, loved her poetry, and she would get lost in the woods as she was, you know, quoting the Lady of Shalott in a very dramatic fashion, and that got her into trouble a little later in her life as well. She memorized it, she would perform it in very dramatic ways, and when she got older, I remember, um, I believe it was when they went to the hotel, and she quoted. Um, or, or gave a, a her rendition <clears throat> of the Highwaymen, um, which is such a dramatic piece of poetry, and 
I just completely and totally fell in love with the way that she would perform these words. And I fell in love with the poems themselves, the mystery of their stories. Um, all of those things were just such a huge part of my childhood, of kind of me, um, I guess the early forming of me as a writer uh, really comes back to, to that in part. I have always thought that poetry is really the only way to express certain thoughts or emotions. Um, when I think back to my life, the most difficult times in my life have usually ended in me writing in poetry in some form or fashion. That's just the way those times come out in my life. And I know I'm not alone in that because I've, I've talked to a number of writers um, and May and I have talked about this before on the podcast about how that's just the way it comes out. Certain emotions come out in poetic form. And I think that that is part of what is so important and so lasting and special about poetry is it's really the the medium of our emotions, I think. Um, and I have said for many years, and I stand by this, that it's the most personal writing form. Uh, when I mean, yes, any type of writing, you are going to have pieces of the author in that writing, but there's just something very, very personal about poetry. Um, it, it just reaches those emotions in ways that prose doesn't exactly, or doesn't always, I guess I should say. I am going to read for you guys this poem. It is called In the Stillness of the Hurricane. And I called this a thought poem. I was always very bound to the whole must rhyme, you know, have the same number of syllables in the lines. Like, that's how I was taught, you know, and that's how many of us, I think, were taught in school about poetry. And so for me, coming up with a poem that didn't necessarily rhyme was very difficult. I, I couldn't quite allow myself that kind of freedom for a long time. But this uh, I call a thought poem because it very much is my thoughts. <clears throat> As you guys know, I live near New Orleans and most of my life, honestly, I have lived in areas that are affected by hurricanes. So I am no stranger to hurricanes. Um, I was on the Gulf Coast for Katrina and its aftermath. Um, so hurricanes are just a part of life um, for me. Here we go. In the stillness of the hurricane. It's the stillness I hate, that eerie calm that's anything but. It's supercharged with uncertainty. It's a looming threat. It's darkness, the kind you only find deep in caverns underground, but heightened by an other realm glow around its edges. It could hit Sunday evening, Monday morning, Saturday night, Saturday afternoon. It will hit New Orleans. No, Pensacola. No, Corpus Christi. No, Orange Beach. No, somewhere. Category one, two, three, 
five, petering out, fading out to sea, gathering speed, barreling toward us. It's up to 50 miles per hour, so still a small one. Yeah, it's the small non-hurricanes that often cause the most damage. You are right about that. Memories of storms sift through minds. Names. Markers in time of damage. New roofs. No power. Neighborhood barbecues. Impromptu block parties. Loss of home. Loss of childhood fairyland. Loss of life. Pantry. Refrigerator. Bear. Have to get groceries. But the eye is coming. It will all spoil. Can't cook. Finally have a generator. Better get charcoal for the ribs just in case. Should we stay or should we go? No catchy beat. Serious question. Life, death, 11th one this year. No more packing up and running. Disruption, unsettled, we'll be fine. It's the stillness I hate. That eerie calm that's anything but. It's supercharged with knowing. It's a sinking reality. It's light, the big fish kind. Everything exaggerated, cartoonish, but too real. Bold, yet muted. Loss, survival. Life goes on, but we'll always know this stillness. In the shadows of our souls, it's the stillness that will linger and haunt. So for for thinking through um, hurricane season and trying to figure out how to explain that to someone, this was the best way that I could try to communicate that. Um, these are my thoughts whenever there is a storm blowing out there. You know, this is what we think through. These are the, um, you know, do, do we go? Do we stay? What do we do? And as we all know from Katrina, you know, that decision is a big one. So this really is a serious matter, but it's also our life. You know, <laughs> this is something that we face. 11th one this year, that's, that's not an exaggeration by any stretch. Poetry also is a very great way to get people excited about writing. And I've had the privilege of teaching kids of all different ages. Um, because I homeschool my kids, I have taught co-ops. I've taught, um, you know, other things. My kids, my daughter's involved with American Heritage Girls, uh, and they have a creative writing badge, and a big part of that was poetry. So I got to teach them that. Um, and I've taught it to, you know, everywhere from preschool all the way up to high school. When you talk about writing with kids, poetry just really is the thing that gets them excited. And I'm talking about even kids who are not in the least bit interested in writing anything. Um, there's just something about poetry that's just plain downright fun. Because there are so many different forms, there's so many different ways to do it, and there's just so much more... I guess, ability to just make it your own, you know? Um, when, well, let's see. Let me, let me go back a little bit, talking about my kids. So my kids have grown up with poetry. Um, 
And if you guys have followed me for a while, if you um, followed my blog when I used to write my blog every week and, and all of that, then you might remember I did a blog post about um, my kids' poetry, the poetry that they enjoyed. Um, I think I did like a full uh, four-post series about poetry, and I had my kids kind of share what some of their favorite poetry was. And that was a lot of fun, you know, just getting them involved, not only with with reading poetry and with writing a little bit of poetry, but also involved with my business, you know, with my blog posts and my, you know, all of these things. They got excited about that as well. So they're, they're no strangers to poetry. They, they literally grew up with it. We take a classical approach to, um, to teaching and to education. And so a big part of that is memorization. And so they, they've memorized poetry from very early days. I mean, we're talking three and four years old. They were memorizing poems. In their, um, their grammar that we did this year, the very last lesson was about haikus. And haikus are just fun. They just are. So there's no rhyming involved. Um, it's just syllables. It's counting your syllables. It's uh, three lines. And it's five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. And yes, there are many different um, variations to haikus, um, but that's the basic one, the one that's typically taught in schools and, and all of that. So it's something that I remember doing when I was in elementary school. I would venture a guess that you probably remember that too. <laughs> I think most of us have done that. But I find that kids just love it so much. Seriously, even the ones who don't have any desire to write. Um, so <laughs> we did this lesson and they had a blast with it. I, I was only going to have them write like three just to, you know, get the point across, get them understanding the form. And then that was going to be it. Okay. Well, they got really into it. And here we have this is my son's and my daughter's. They made little books, okay? And they got really colorful paper and they drew illustrations to go along with them. And they wrote way more than three haikus. And the interesting thing was they, they started asking about poetry, like regular poetry. Well, when are we going to learn about that? When are we going to write regular poems? And now I did not tell them that the haiku lesson was the last lesson in our book. So shh, it's our secret. Next week, we're doing poetry <laughs> and they're excited about it. They left room in their books so that they can write some poems. And I'm going to teach them about all different kinds of um, different forms of poetry. And I'm going to let them just play and try their hand at different kinds. I'm going to encourage them to try at least two or three other forms. Um, and then beyond that, they can, if there's one that they really like, then they can write as many as they want. Or if it's just not their thing, then that's fine too. Um, so just trying to make it fun. So I asked them if they would be willing for me to read some of their haikus. So my daughter chose the beach. The salty waves crash footprints in the cool wet sand birds fly overhead 
I bet you can guess her favorite place. And then my son is, is also ha, has a little bit to do with the beach, a little further out from the beach and a little bit darker, but here we go. This one is called Pointy Fin. I heard a loud scream, voice saying Pointy Fin, water stained with red. He is my child. So, <laughs> There you go. But they wrote a bunch of haikus and they had a lot of fun with it. And I would encourage you that if you have kids in your life, um, that you would just have a little bit of fun with poetry with them. Um, find ways to just introduce it to them in some form or fashion, whether it's reading it together um, or just actually encouraging them to write some. You might be surprised at how they react and how they enjoy it. So I love, like I said, the variety in forms, rhyming, free form, haiku, <laughs> all of these different things. Um, and I feel like this variety that you get when you play around with poetry inspires me to think outside of the box in my prose as well. And then another thing that I did was I like to pair my photography with poetry. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the pictures along with the, the poems. But this first one is called Remnant. And the photo is, it's kind of an old, I don't know, it's on a bridge near, near my house. And I guess it's like a guard booth. That's not the right word, really. It's concrete and um, there are windows to it, and it overlooks the one of the rivers here. Um, but it's all like overgrown. There are vines over it, and it's obviously not used anymore. So that's the picture. And here's the poem, Remnant. Stalwart, bent, not broken, resilient, battered, not beaten, gallant, bruised, not belittled, Valiant, buffeted, not banished, alert. The remnant stands, attention, draw up, straight, proud. Look death in the eye, the bullseye. Down the barrel, eyes open, unflinching. Till the end, the remnant falls. And my mind went a lot of different places with this, but I think that the reader's mind will go a lot of different places too. So I'll let you let that poem be whatever you want it to be. I think that's another beautiful thing about poetry. All right. And then there's this one. And this one is on a picture that I took in um, one of the nearby bayous. And so there's a lot of Spanish moss hanging down off of beautiful trees. And you can see the water um, beneath that. This is called Withered. Ripped, hanging low, swaying in the breeze of little use, reduced, lacking purpose, hanging in a state of frozen time. Steps come, closer, fingertips reach, tender. The forgotten shivers awake, senses awaken, slowly, heartbeat revives. Withered no more. Love pumps her patchwork heart 
once more. As I mentioned earlier, um, you know, you guys definitely, if you love poetry, um, or if you're just curious about poetry, definitely head to last week's episode and just listen to May talk about some of the stories behind her upcoming book. Um, her book is called Grief Like a River, and trust me, you will not want to miss it. Um, this book is going to be phenomenal. I'm so excited for it to be out in the world for you guys to enjoy as I have. Um, but her poetry really, it inspires me to be brave and bold. Um, it inspires me in ways that, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of like I mentioned earlier about how there are certain things that can only be written about through poetry. Um, I think that her poetry and poetry in general inspires us in ways that only poetry can, if that makes sense. So <clears throat> I do love poetry. I hope that you love poetry too. You know, we do make this every April. We try to to talk a lot about poetry, and it's because we genuinely love poetry. And like I said, I think that it's so beneficial for all of us at every stage of our lives, whether we're actively trying to write it or we just want to read it and be inspired by it in some way, whether it be for um, to inspire our prose writing, if you are a writer as well, or whatever the case may be, if you are an artist or a musician, I mean, goodness, music, of course, poetry is, is huge for music, um, especially if you're writing uh, word, you know, lyrics to your music. Um, but whatever you do in a creative way, or even just in life in general, I think that poetry is so valuable. So... This week's challenge has four parts to it. <laughs> I promise they're not difficult, and I won't be mad at you if you don't do them all, but I think you're going to want to. <laughs> I challenge you, first of all, number one, to read some poetry this week. Now, you probably have a book on your shelf somewhere. Might have dust on it. I don't know. If not, your library has a ton. And chances are, most libraries are going to have a special section right up at the front with a bunch of their poetry books. So, super easy to find. Pick out a handful of poems to explore. Most are super short. Okay, so you don't even need to read the whole poetry book if you don't want to. But pick out a few books, maybe. A few different authors, different poets. And... Pick out just a handful of poems that jump out at you for some reason. Sink down into a cozy chair with something warm and or chocolate. I like chocolate. Then read. Don't speed read. Savor them. So that's why I suggested you only choose a few, okay? And read them a couple of times. Reread the lines that make you pause or paint a striking image in your mind. That's one of the beautiful things about poetry is it's not meant to just speed through. You know, it's not going to be a novel that you're going to sit down and you can't wait to turn the page and you're skipping over the he said, she says, right? We've all done that, okay? So poetry is a little different. Poetry is meant to be just enjoyed and you might find that something different jumps out at you each time you reread a certain poem. 
All right, so that's the first thing. Second, spend a little more time in that cozy chair. <laughs> we all could use that. And take the time to jot down or voice record some reflections on what you read. What did you like about the poems you read? Did you discover something new about poetry, about the world around you, or about yourself? Did it make you want to read more poetry? <laughs> and what kind of poetry would you like to explore next? And then number three, write your own poetry. Now, don't get scared, okay? I highly recommend that you begin with a crash course in the various types of poetry. And guys, there are a lot of types of poetry. There, you know, some of them can be intimidating. Some of them just are not intimidating at all. And they're just plain fun. Okay, so here is what I recommend. I'm going to drop a link in the show notes for you to a masterclass article about 15 types of poetry. Scroll down through there and you are going to get a fantastic foundation for your poetry play. If you're digging the poetry thing, I will say that the QWERTYs highly recommend the Poetry Masterclass with U.S. Poet Laureate Billy Collins, and you'll see the information for that in this link as well. Once you've gone through that article, which won't really take you long, um, it's just, like I said, it'll give you a great foundation. Once you have done that and you have seen what kind of poetry is your jam, give it a try. Play around with words. Think of unusual ways to describe ordinary things or events. Use your writer's best friend, which is a thesaurus, but use it wisely. Your thesaurus can get into trouble without Big Brother Dictionary. Okay, I've been guilty of this and I've seen many writers be guilty of this as well. So thesaurus is a lot of fun and you can find all sorts of fun words to say the same thing, but you might need a dictionary to make sure that you're saying it exactly as you mean it, because there are little differences in some of those synonyms. So just be aware. All right, and then number four, share it all. <laughs> Seriously, be brave and bold and share what you have written with friends, family, or the QWERTYs. Share what you've read and enjoyed as well. Let people know what you liked about the poetry you read. National Poetry Month is all about sharing the love and joy of poetry, and I would love for you to be part of that too. So to take this fourth part of our challenge one step further, hop over to another link that I've put down in the show notes. It will take you to the Poem in Your Pocket Day website, and you will find a whole host of ways that you can participate on April 29th or throughout the year. <laughs> but April 29th is Poem in Your Pocket Day, and you can read all about it there. But basically, it's one day that's just really set aside to celebrate poetry and to encourage people to read poetry in so many different ways. And one of the ways you can do that is by having a poem with you all day long. You literally have a poem in your pocket. Okay, so on that um, page that I've linked below, they have a downloadable PDF with poems from contemporary poets, Canadian poets, and beloved poets of the days of yore. You can pick your favorite to print 
for your poem in your pocket. Uh, and then they also, and this was kind of cool, just a little addition. You can follow their directions to fold your poems into origami swans. That's another creative outlet that is both fun and gorgeous. So I just thought that was a neat little addition that they had in there. To recap this four-part QWERTY challenge for you guys, number one, read some poetry. Number two, reflect on what you read. Number three, write your own poetry. And number four, share what you read and wrote. All right, so that's all I've got for you guys this week. And I hope that you have a fantastic week and that you find ways to be creative every day. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think Cordy Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting cordywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.